Okay. Hey, everyone. Good morning. Uh, my name is Elena. Uh, I'm from Investing Bay, and today I want to do like a deeper dive into the options chain. Um, so we have a pretty big community. I've been teaching for a couple of years now, and one of the things that uh, I see that my students struggle with the most is picking the right options. And so today I really wanted to kind of get into that and really help you guys like understand the chain, you know, kind of where to go and just some of my little hacks that I use to find the best spot to go in and buy on the options chain. So let's get into it. All right. So the first thing, of course, is the risk disclosure options uh, and any kind of investing carries significant risk. If you ever hear someone say that something is risk free, you should run um, because there's always risk involved. We just try to mitigate and manage that. Um, so everything we go over is just for educational purposes. Nothing's um, Nothing is going to be financial advice. And then again, always invest responsibly. Uh, don't put money in the market that you cannot afford to lose. So before you get into any type of trade at all, it's important to have a plan. Um, one thing that's really important in developing as a trader is being able to gauge your performance. And so you can say like, yes, I followed my plan or no, I didn't. And that can help you kind of navigate and pinpoint areas where you can strengthen your skills. Um, so the first part of your entry plan, of course, is um, the first thing I like to look for is an indicator called ATR, um, average true range. That actually will tell you on average how many points your ticker moves a day. So something like Tesla, obviously, is going to have a higher ATR than something like Bank of America. Um, so um, just knowing what your stock is capable of, that's like the first step in really navigating and figuring out, you know, how much can this move? And of course, with options, we need movement, right? We need momentum to even profit off those. Um, the next thing is going to be your strike. I think it's important for traders to plan for both sides. Um, a lot of times it's really easy to develop a bias, uh, especially in this market with so much fundamental news coming out all the time. It's really easy to develop a bias for one direction, but it's important to have a plan for both directions. Um, and that way you're ready for whatever the market gives you, right? We always want to plan for that. Uh, the next thing is your budget. Uh, we have a 10% rule. It doesn't have to necessarily be all the way up to 10%, but it's important not to over leverage, right? And so we want to we wanna keep our options trades at least below 10% of our total account value. Um, I see a lot of people that like to full port and things like that. I think that is a, a terrible idea. Personally, I would never full port anything, but just keep a budget in mind when you're going in to plan out your trades. Um, the next part is, of course, your technical entry conditions. What are we looking for um, to confirm an entry? Um, and that's something we get into in a whole nother series, but uh, you wanna have a set of rules for yourself and your, your criteria essentially to what you're looking for to actually take an entry on a trade. And then lastly, alerts. Um, I know people have lives, we have jobs, we have kids and school, all that stuff. So a lot of times we like to automate our alerts so we're not staring at the charts all day long. Um, and then we can take action once we get alerted to the movement. Uh, so the next part of your trading plan is going to be your exit. Um, I think it's important to have an exit plan. Uh, I think of it as like a road trip. You know, we're on the way somewhere. Where are we going? We need a destination. Um, that way we can say if our trip was successful or not. Um, so the first thing is a profit target. <clears throat> you can have a percentage goal that you like to hit. For short term, I think 30% is a nice goal. Um, sometimes your trades will yield 10%. Sometimes you'll get 100%. But, you know, our goal is not to hit 100% or 1000%, these crazy gains, that's not our day-to-day -day goal, right? So 30% on short-term is amazing. Um, another thing you can do is use price targets. Um, you know, once your price hits a certain target, you're out of there. 
And this can typically be a technical price target, like an entry, um, not entry, excuse me, support or resistance, things like that. Um, and then again, you have technical exit conditions, right? So is volume leaving? Is, is there a reversal that I'm seeing? Anything like that, that would signal that it's time to get out of your trade. So the last part of the trading plan that a lot of people don't like to talk about is the losses. Um, losses are totally a part of trading. Um, losses don't make you any less of a skilled trader. They're literally part of this, right? We just want our wins to outweigh them. And so when we're trading, we always want to use a stop loss. Um, it's really, really important to protect your downside because that's the only way to grow your account is if you control your losses, right? We have to control those. Um, we don't avoid them because they do happen. You can have a perfect entry, perfect execution, and things just happen, right? That's just the nature of the market. Um, but again, the type of stop loss you use is going to depend on the spread and also um, your trading style, right? If you're doing something short term, of course, you want a tighter stop loss. If you're going to hold for a more long term, of course, you're going to need a more um, wide stop loss because you're going to have to ride out some ups and downs over time. Um, and then again, we want to always predefine the risk before we get in. Um, mentally, when you get in the market, especially when you're new, um, it can be very like, it's almost like you start making deals with yourself. So it's like maybe you're down 10 or 20%. And then it's like, instead of cutting it there, then it's like, oh, maybe let's see what happens if we go down 50% or 70%, maybe it'll come back. And it's just a really slippery slope. Um, so I think it's important to have a really hard stop and, and learn to respect that stop. All right, so here's the little option cheat sheet. Um, remember, there's only two things you can do in the market, buy and sell. Um, so buying a call, of course, is bullish. Buying a put is bearish. If you're on the sell side, when you're selling a call, that is a bearish strategy. Uh, you're essentially looking to collect premium. Um, and then if you're selling a put, that's that's bullish, right? So just to remember this, if you buy your way in, you sell your way out, you sell your way in, you buy your way out. And then over here, if you buy a call, you expect the price to rise. If you buy a put, you want that price to fall. If you sell a put, you want the price to stay the same or rise. So you collect premium. And then if you sell a call, you want the price to stay the same or drop. And again, you're collecting premium here. So just keep that in mind. If you buy your way in, you sell your way out. So you've got two order types. You've got limit and market. Um, with a limit order, it allows you to buy or sell a security at a set limit price. Um, the price here is guaranteed, but it is not guaranteed to execute, right? So limit orders are good if you have a wider spread, if you want to control the price where you get in, just remember it's not guaranteed to execute. Um, on the market order, uh, this allows you to buy or sell an order that is guaranteed to execute at the first available market price. Um, this does not guarantee the price that you get executed at, but you do get that guarantee to execute. So this is something you would want to utilize if you're trading something that has a really tight bid and ask spread, this is something you want to utilize if the spread is a little wider. All right, so the options chain, uh, this is just a screenshot uh, from the mobile apps and there's a couple different brokerages, but we're going to get into all the different parts of this. Um, and this will make sense if you're not familiar with the options chain, this will make sense in a second. All right, so this is the Apple chain. This is just a screenshot from Robinhood. I don't necessarily... I'm not crazy about this platform, but I like how they break things down, especially for people who are learning. Um, so this first number in the white, the big number, that's called your strike price. Uh, for our purposes, I like to think of the strike price as a price target. Um, what it actually is, is when you are um, buying options, right, then you have 
uh, the right to buy 100 shares of the underlying asset. In this case, it's Apple, but you have a right to buy Apple at the strike price. So you actually have the right that's called exercising. You can buy 100 shares of Apple at 160 a share or 155 a share, so on and so forth. But for our purposes, we just like to think of it as a price target. Um, if you notice here, here's your share price right in the middle. Of course, this is an older screenshot. I wish Apple was at 154 again, maybe another day. Um, but the next number I want to draw your attention to is this number in the box. So with options, we don't own the shares, right? We control them. We control 100 shares of the underlying asset, and this is our price per share. So if we're controlling 100 shares, this, this is called a premium, then we're controlling it at 393 a share. So times 100 shares, our entry cost here is $393, right? So if you notice, as you go down on the strike prices, the premiums get more expensive, right? This one's 665 bucks. This one's 585. But the, these strike prices down here below the share price, these are called in the money. And the further you go down, it's deeper in the money. Um, I call them Pelosi plays because if you guys have ever seen Nancy Pelosi's trading, she always goes really deep in the money. But there are benefits to that. Um, and we'll talk about that in a second. And so the strike prices above the share price up here, these are referred to as out of the money. And the, of course, the further out of the money you go, the cheaper the premium. And there are also benefits up here as well. So the last thing I want you guys to look at here is this break even. So um, when I first started trading, I used to think that I had to break even on every trade uh, for it to be successful, but that is not the case. Okay, <laughs> so um, the break even, it is cool to know all this means is like when your share price hits this break-even number, you've doubled your money, right? That's 100% return. Again, that's not necessary. Um, it's just, it's good to know, but that's not our aim here. We're not going for 100% all the time. Okay, so just keep that in mind. That's literally all the break-even means. And then of course, with calls, uh, the stock can go up. There's no ceiling. And so there's no maximum profit here. All right, the last thing on here too is the expiration dates, of course. Everything expires options wise. Um, and the more time that you buy, the further out you go, the higher the premium. So that's important to remember as well. All right. So next is puts, right? So on the calls, we buy calls if we think the price of the underlying asset is going up. We buy puts if we think the price of the underlying asset is coming down. And so here, this is our put chain on Apple at this time. Um, these are again, one thing that's different between calls and puts is since we want the price to come down everything's going to be inversed, right? So here, let's see, these are going to be our in the money, right? Notice the premiums get more expensive up here. So these strike prices above the share price are our in the money shares or in the money options. Over here, these are the out of the money and you can see the price is coming down on these premiums. So if you're ever confused about what's in and what's out, just remember that the higher the premium, the deeper in the money that you are. All right, let's go ahead and get into the last thing on this one is the break even. So with your puts, um, there is a maximum profit, right? Because stocks can only go down so far. And so your maximum profit on puts is going to be your break even times 100. And that will be your max profit if the stock were to go to zero. Um, so these are cool for like bankruptcies. I know bankruptcies are horrible in, in hindsight they are, but as an investor, you want to have your investor hat on and you can actually make a lot of money when a stock makes a sharp drop. Um, for example, if you look at the market right now, uh, we are dropping, right? We are dropping in a lot of places. So it's not a bad day for puts. All right. So let's talk about the Greeks because this is a really, really important piece 
to have in your tool belt. So the first of the Greeks is called the Delta. Um, Delta is uh, an easy way to remember this, Delta dollar, right? So Delta is going to measure your options sensitivity to, to changes in the underlying assets price, right? So in this case, this is an Apple shot or Apple screenshot. But if Apple goes up $1 a share, then this Delta is going to get added onto your premium. So these are all going to be times 100, right? So this 77 cents a share, that's going to translate into $77, um, added to your premium. And so the deeper in the money that you go, the higher your Delta goes. When you start going out of the money, uh, your Delta is going to come down as well. Um, calls are going to have a positive Delta. Puts are going to have a negative Delta. We're not losing money on the puts, right? We're just, our price is, is dropping. So the, the Delta is negative. Um, one thing I want to add here, you can kind of tell, you know, where you're at in the options chain based on what your Delta is. Um, so this Delta being a 0.77, that's in the money, right? That's in the money. Um, it's pretty deep down in the money too, maybe two or three strikes. Um, but, you know, if your Delta is, you know, below 0.5, a lot of times you'll be out of the money um, and so on and so forth. And I'll show you guys some more examples of, of that in just a bit. So Delta dollar. Next, we have Theta, T for time. That's how I like to remember this one. Um, theta, I like to think of it as rent. Okay, it's like rent. So we don't just get to buy these options and control these shares for free. We have to pay a little rent. And I like to think of it this way too, because the longer you stay, your rent starts to go up, right? So uh, this is our time decay, right? Our options are sensitive to time. Um, the closer we get to expiration, the more the rent goes up, right? Um, a lot of times when you're looking at that chain, when you go in the money um, and deeper into the money, your, your theta will drop. So you'll be able to stay there a little bit longer. The time decay doesn't hurt as much. Uh, when you start going out of the money, uh, your theta starts to get a little high. Um, and you'll notice on certain options chains, the theta won't even make sense for it to be like tradable, right? Just because something has options doesn't mean they're a good idea. So this is one of the reasons I like to get into the Greek so people can understand before they even buy an option, if it makes sense to buy or if it could even be profitable. Um, so in this case, the theta is negative 3.4. So that's $34. If we're just going to hold this overnight, we're looking at $34 in theta coming off of our premium. Um, and then let's see, about halfway through, I have a rule like halfway through, if I'm holding something long-term, I like to get out in half the time just because theta tends to tick up around half the time. All right, so gamma, um, gamma is like the gas, this is how I remember this one. Gamma is gonna measure your deltas change um, in the price of the underlying asset. So gamma basically helps us, it compounds onto the delta as our prices move. So if the underlying asset goes up a dollar, then your delta will change by this gamma amount. And of course, gamma is really cool because it actually increases with theta. And so they, <laughs> over time, uh, theta actually increases. And so it actually gamma will increase with your theta and then it can actually help your Delta move. So I know recently a lot of people have been really into like um, zero day expiration and things like that. And this is what they're playing off of, right? They're taking advantage of the Greeks here. All right, so Vega, V for volatility. Um, this is gonna measure your options uh, sensitivity to volatility changes, right? We see that a lot. And so with Vega, um, again, this is gonna compound onto your premium. But what you want to look for here, I think of it, I have like a balloon analogy, right? So um, volatility increases, then the options price increases. It's like a balloon, right? So around earnings, around the election, 
around Powell speaking, the Fed, all that good stuff, you'll see volatility increase and you'll notice that the premiums increase as well. Um, even like investor day, Tesla just had investor day and the premiums were insane. So after the thrill is gone, right? After the demand is gone, then the volatility comes back to life, right? And so when the volatility comes down, it kind of deflates your premium like a balloon. Um, anyone who's ever played earnings, you've probably noticed something called an IV crush. That basically is what happens there. Your premium comes back to life. It deflates and it takes your dollars down with it if you're, um, depending on where you are on that options chain. But just remember V for volatility. And the last one is row. Um, row measures the sensitivity to your option in relation to interest rates. Um, row is not, it is important to know what it is, but if you notice, this is less than a penny. Um, so I wouldn't spend too much time on this, but it is important to know what it is. All right, so when you're getting on your options chain and you're doing your analysis on which option to pick, um, you don't want to, you know, you don't have to read through everything. There's a couple key pieces of information that we quickly want to glance over, and then we can make our decision on which option is the best for our situation. So the first thing you want to look at is the bid ask, right? You want to make sure that these numbers are close together. Um, this way you'll have liquidity. It'll be easier for you to get in and out of your position. So here it's two cents apart, right? This one's $93 for the bid. 95 for the ask. That's not a bad spread at all. Um, a wide spread is going to it's going to give you a hard time getting in and out of that trade with all your money. Um, open interest is next. Basically, we want to make sure that other people are actively holding this position, right? The more the merrier. The more people that are holding here, the better idea it is to hold on to this. Um, lastly is volume. Well, not lastly, but next is volume. Uh, you want to make sure that this is heavily traded, again, goes to liquidity, and this will ease up um, your ability to get in and out of the trade. And also, it'll refer reflect back to this. A lot of times when there's volume, you have these two that are going to be, you know, relatively close together if it's heavily traded. Um, next, you want to quickly glance over your Greeks. Um, the biggest thing that you want to look for here to make sure that you have the potential to be profitable is make sure your delta is higher than your theta. Um, a lot of times... Um, your theta can be higher than your delta. And in that, in that case, you're actually losing money faster than you're making it. Uh, so this is just a really quick thing you can do to really glance and make sure that you're not setting yourself up for failure here. Um, so especially if you're going to be holding it overnight, I have a rule for theta to be at least 0.3 or higher. And that just protects me from being too far out of the money. And then lastly, volatility. I like to look at this because again, if the IV is really high, it's not something I want to hold on to very long. We see pump and dumps and things like that all the time where there's crazy momentum, but that's not something you want to hold on to because we know what IV crush can happen and bring us bring our premium back down. All right. So uh, this is just a quick shot from this is TD Ameritrade. Each trade's really similar, but if you want to edit your view and on your options chain just to reflect those really important pieces, you just hit the little setting thing and you can customize your columns here. And then of course Robinhood has it already there for you. All right, so um, in the money, I was talking earlier about how they both have benefits in the money versus out. So each side of the chain has a purpose, right? Um, the first thing is in the money, right? You have benefits like you have a higher delta, you have a lower theta, which is a really good place to be. It does cost more money to go down there, but it's beneficial. Um, if you go deep in the money, you have a higher volatility, which actually keeps your premium nice and inflated right? Um, the deeper in the money you go, the higher the delta, the max is one. So as you can see on here, these are some deep in the money Apple calls from, they, they're older, but you can see the delta is high. The volatility is crazy high. This theta is super low. So this is something you could buy and hold 
right? Now, one thing about being down here is there's not a lot of people down here. So the spreads are a little wider, but again, these are designed that you can hold them a little bit longer. All right, so out of the money, um, your options will have lower premiums. So you'll have a lower entry cost. Um, typically the idea here is you wanna buy multiple contracts. These are better for your short-term trading. Um, they can work for long-term positions, but it just depends on the, the nature of the market. For example, if you look back to like, 2020, when we were on this crazy bull run, you could buy out of the money because stocks were moving a lot. Um, they were moving really crazy back then, right? You had 10% days, like it was nothing. Um, but that was just the nature of the market back then. So when you have more choppy trading and you're not making those crazy runs all the time, you don't really want to go too far out of the money because you'll start losing money faster than you make it. Like if you look over here, your theta is like, it's higher than your delta. Um, same over here. So that's a little bit far out um for if you go really really far out of the money those are better for selling than buying um and that's because essentially you're making premium um obviously you know apple's not going to move 20 dollars in a day or you know likely a week so um if you're an option seller then it's really good for you that's a benefit to the seller to have a hot data um out of the money has a lower delta has a higher theta and also a lower iv all right so let's see I think the biggest, the most important Greeks are Delta and Theta, in my opinion. And then IV, of course. But yeah, Delta and Theta are like my go-tos. And I'm actually going to talk a little bit more about Delta now. <laughs> so um, a lot of people always ask me like why I go out of the money. And this kind of explains it. Um, and we're just compounding Delta, right? So let's just take $500. And there's a little math involved here, but I've already done it for us. Um, so this is Apple again on the chain. Uh, this is going to start in the money and go out of the money, but we're taking the same $500 for all of our entries. So here we can go in the money, right? 128 call. Our entry cost is 473. We get one contract and our Delta is 0.83. So we're basically making $83 every time Apple goes up a dollar, right? Now over here, we can take the same 500 bucks. We can afford two contracts here. 366 is our entry cost. Our Delta is a 0.53. And so that's Tom's two contracts. And so here we're actually going to make $106 every time Apple goes up $1, right? So we're making more bang for our buck and our entry cost is actually less. So over here, if we go up to the 134 call, right? Our entry cost here is, let's see, $93 or sorry, 94, right? So our $94 a contract, we can afford five of these with our 500 bucks. Our entry is 470. So we've got a Delta of 0.34 times five contracts. So over here, we're making $170 every time Apple goes up a dollar. And then lastly, this is our furthest out of the money. Um, the entry cost is 41 bucks, right? So up here with our $500, we can get 12 contracts. Our Delta is 18. So 18 times 12 is $216 every time Apple goes up $1. So as you can see, there are, depending on what you're trying to do here, for something more short-term, you can get away with one out of the money. For something more long-term, you definitely don't want to go that far out. Um, and it just helps you see like what we're doing. We're just compounding our deltas here. And so one other thing I want to add to this is just be mindful of what you're trading. So like if you're trading something like Ford or Bank of America, um, they're going to have a really low ATR, right? They're going to have a really low ATR. They're not going to move like crazy. So if I'm trading something that moves, I don't know, 12 cents a day, does it make sense for me to then go out of the money? 
Absolutely not, right? So for something like a BAC, Wells Fargo, I'm going to go closer in the money, but I'm still going to be mindful of this delta, right? I'm probably even going to go in the money because those contracts, they're not even that expensive to begin with. Um, but that's why ATR is so important, right? So just keep that in mind. Always check your ATR up front. Um, and that'll just protect you from jumping in an option that may not be beneficial to you. All right, let's crank it up a notch. Here's $1,000. And it's the same thing. We just did it on the queues. So here we have one contract. We can only get one in our budget. Uh, 551 Delta's 0.73. So we're going up uh, every dollar the queues go up. We're making 73 bucks. Over here, we can get three contracts. Our entry is $813. Um, we're going to make the Delta 0.52. We're going to make 156 every time these contracts or every time the queues go up one dollar um another thing to note here is just make sure or not make sure but be mindful that as your contracts go closer to the money your delta is actually going to increase and so if let's say the queues go up two dollars your delta is going to increase by this gamma amount right so we're going to be closer in the money we're going to have a higher delta and hopefully we're going to have multiple contracts so we can really benefit off those really quick moves. Um, okay, so over here, five contracts, 850 entry cost. We're looking at 195 for every dollar the queues go up. And then lastly, out of the money, um, 14 contracts, Delta is 21. Uh, entry cost is 952. So here we're making $294 every time the queues go up a dollar. And that's really not a bad place to be because the NASDAQ gets, gets crazy, right? <laughs> All right, let's do $2,000. This is BAC. Again, I would not recommend going really far out of the money over here. And again, I say that because BAC doesn't move very often. Um, it doesn't move very fast. I don't want to say often, it doesn't move very fast. But if you're going in the money, you can get five contracts, 18, 15 entry cost. Um, over here, you're literally making $480 every time BAC goes up a dollar. Over here, you're making 968 with 11 contracts, 1848 entry cost. You've got uh, 0.88 on that delta. So this is in the money as well. Um, and let's see, this one's really deep in the money. This one is still in the money, but it's not as deep. Over here, you've got 23 contracts. Um, all this within your budget, right? 69 cents a contract times 23. You're making $1,587 every time BAC goes up a dollar. And then lastly, with the same $2,000, 74 contracts, um, $36 call. These calls are $27 a piece. Um, let's see, we've got 74 contracts here. We're making $2,600 every time BAC goes up $1. Not a bad deal. Okay, this one is a little dramatic, but it's 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 math, right? It's options math. Um, so compounding delta, this is the last one, 5,000 bucks on Exxon, right? So our entry cost is 468. We can get 10 of these. We're making 810 every time XOM goes up a dollar. Over here, uh, 26 contracts, we're making what is that? 52 cents times 26. That's 13.52. Every dollar move up. That's a little, that's right at the money at this point. You see that 0.52. That's right at the money. This one's going to be out of the money. Um, 51 contracts, 34 cents on our Delta, 1734 bucks every time Exxon goes up $1. And then lastly, um, this is the furthest out. Um, our Delta is 0.18. We've got 121 contracts. Our entry costs 49.61. 18 cents a contract, you're making 21.78 every time Exxon goes up a dollar. So the reason I always like to talk about compounding this delta is because a lot of times beginner traders, they want to like get in and ride their options till the wheels fall off. But the magic happens when you can just get in, make your profit off of a nice 
move, just if you get like some volume, some momentum in there, um, my my dream is just to get in, catch a nice move and get out. You know, I don't care what happens after that. All we're doing is looking for momentum and you can really do a lot with a little, you know, you don't have to trade all day. You don't have to ride everything up and down all around. You're just going in, picking the right contracts that can be profitable for you and getting out of there. And it's really, really, I don't want to say really easy because I don't like to oversimplify these things. Um, but it's really, I mean, if you're protecting your downside, it's really, really cool. And it just takes discipline. It just takes the discipline to like respect your plan, respect those price targets, use your stop losses. Um, but if you do all that and that's, it's easier said than done, I know. Um, but you can really build an account up. You can really, really build an account up. Um, so this is more interactive. So I would love for you guys to like, kind of jump in on this with us, but, um, I've got some options up here. Some are good, some not so much, but I just want you all to practice analyzing these. So, um, typically when you're in the live market, you don't have all the time in the world to pick an option. Um, so I just want you guys to practice kind of looking over these stats on your options and pointing out what doesn't look good. Maybe what looks good. Um, this is something we do with our students and they love it. Um, so we'll start with Chipotle and just check out this chain. And if there's anything on here that jumps out to you all as not the best idea to buy as an option. I just always love the answers here because it really does help you in the live market to be able to analyze these really quickly and just see things that don't look good to you and just move on. And if not, I'm happy to point out the things that I don't like about this. Okay, I'll do the first one. All right, so with Chipotle, the spread the spread is really wide, okay? This spread is really, really wide. Um, the bid, that's the buyers, they're basically willing to pay 1210, so that's 1210 bucks. The sellers are asking 1350. Um, so for me, this is a little wide, you know? That's what the buyers wanna pay, that's what the sellers are asking. You're probably not gonna get in and out of this with all your money, right? That's a really wide spread. Um, the next thing that I'm not crazy about here is the open interest. It's really low, the volume is really low. That goes for low liquidity. Um, and then lastly is this theta, right? This theta is insane. Um, the theta is like $277, right? Which is almost the spread here. So I don't like this. I don't like this big X on CMG. Yeah, <laughs> good job. That's horrible. Um, so next is Sam Boston Beer. So here again, we have a really wide spread, right? The spread is trash. Um, what else is on here? The volume and open interest are pretty low. Um, the delta is not bad. The theta and delta pair is not, not terrible, but I'm not crazy about this spread. Um, so in a case like this, where you have a really wide spread, you would look at a limit order, right? Because if you hit market, it's probably going to slap you in at the highest ask. And that's not fun, right? You'll open up the trade and probably be in the negative. Um, so something like this, you would definitely want a limit order. All right, so next we have AutoZone. Hopefully they split soon because they're insane. Um, but again, we got a really, really wide spread here. No volume, what? That's not good. <laughs> Nobody's trading this. Why are we thinking about trading it? Open interest is horrible. Um, I always think of open interest as like a party. Like you don't want to be the only person there. Uh, if there's eight people there, that's a little alarming. If there's zero people there, that's alarming. If there's 16,000 people there, that's a better deal, right? Um, so these are all three red flags to me based on that open interest. And then again, the theta here is insanity, 351 bucks. That's insane. Um, over here, we got Apple, 136 call. The spread is beautiful, right? I love penny spreads. So we could probably get away with a market order here if we wanted to. Um, 
The open interest is decent. The volume is decent. The delta and the theta are twinning, right? They're right on top of each other. So here I would probably go for maybe one strike down, right? I don't want my delta and theta that close to one another. You know, if you absolutely had to, you could probably get into this, but just for the sake of spreading the delta and theta out more, I would go down some. All right, lastly, we got Tesla. This spread isn't terrible. Tesla tends to have a little bit wider of a spread, um, but this is not bad. $10 is not bad. The volume is really good here. The open interest is good here. Now we get down to delta and theta, right? So the theta is a little high. One thing you'll notice with Tesla though, is that a lot of the thetas on Tesla are high. Um, so this isn't totally out of the question, but again, Tesla is a stock with a high ATR, right? We talked about ATR in the very beginning. So Tesla can actually move, right? When Tesla gets active, it gets active. So it does have a high theta, but depending on the type of trading you're doing, if it's like short-term, if you're just in there for momentum for a few minutes, then this theta is not gonna, it's not gonna hurt you as much as if you were gonna buy this and hold it all day long, right? So if you're gonna be there longer, you need to focus on your theta. But if you're just in and out, theta is not, not our biggest problem. Let's see, I think we got, yeah, one more. So next we got MicroStrategy. Um, again, the spread is really wide. The volume and open interest are a little better, but I'm not crazy about the spread personally, um, but your Delta and Theta are okay, right? The Theta, or no, they're not, I'm sorry. <laughs> theta is really high. Theta is like double the Delta. So in this case, if MicroStrategy is not moving, you're losing money on time faster than you're making it back on Delta. So I'm not, not crazy about that either. Um, we got Chevron, the spread is okay. We got open interest and volume here. Um, our theta is higher than our delta here. So I'll probably come, come in a little on the strikes, come in the money a little more. Um, but you can tell this is really far out of the money because it's, it's negative 12, right? It's closer to zero than it is to one. All right, we got Home Depot. This is what, 30, ooh, I hate math, $25 spread, yeah. It's not terrible. This is one of those things that comes down to your risk tolerance. Um, some people are cool with the $25 spread. Some people won't be cool with that, right? Just like this is a $4 spread. I personally don't care about that, but someone else may say that's too wide for them. Um, but 25, that's a little high, but it's not crazy. I think Netflix has a $25 spread over here too. Um, but this one, the theta is a little higher than the Delta. So again, I come in on the chain a little bit just to get the, the Delta higher. But this isn't that far out of the money. This is maybe one strike out of the money whenever this screenshot was taken. Um, Boston beer again, um, they have really bad spreads. So I use them for examples a lot, but just, just remember like, just because a, a company offers options doesn't mean they're good. Um, cause this is not good. This is a 500 and $550 spread. The IV is crazy. This I believe was right around their earnings too. So the IV is insane. So, you know, if the IV is high like this, it, chances are this is going to get crushed at some point. Um, this is in the money, right? 85 is on our Delta. So we can actually go in the money and still have this crazy Delta or this crazy theta, right? So this is not the best idea. And then lastly, we have Netflix, um, $25 spread. Let's see, the theta is lower than the Delta. So I'm not mad at that. The volume and open interest aren't terrible, but I think you could probably come in just a little bit and get a better deal, get some better liquidity on that. Do you guys have any questions? I know that's a lot of information, but it's really important. Um, you can learn all the technicals in the world, but like if you don't understand how to analyze the options, you can actually lose money um, just by picking the wrong options. And I'm happy to answer any questions you guys have. Thank you so much. Let's see, I think, yeah. 
that's my last slide, David. Okay. Yeah. Uh, great presentation. So, um, um, did you see the one question about uh, the software? Um, um, oh yeah. If I buy a call with the stock at a low range for the day, so which Greek should I watch? Use I would watch Delta and Theta. Delta and Theta are the are the biggest ones to watch for sure. Okay. Awesome. Thank well, you so I know, much. I know you me. have to get out of here because you're. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank uh, you so much. So I don't want to hold you up. So, but uh, yeah, thanks. Thank you for being here. Yeah, no problem. You guys have an amazing day. Thanks.